Hi everybody, before we start, thanks for tuning in, you're obviously here because you enjoy what we are doing, so we've decided to start a Patreon over on patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, the link is also in the show notes, but why would you join our Patreon, Colin? Well, other than just being a great guy, uh, you'll also get all our shows without adverts, you'll get them early. You'll get bonus content from time to time. You'll even have the opportunity to be named as an executive producer at the end of each pod. And we might even start doing some live streams sometimes. All stuff you can only get by being on Patreon. And you can support that from as little as 10 pence per day. If you can't support us financially, you can offer continual support because we know you're great people by leaving a quick rating or review anywhere that you can. And now, on with the show. It's May 1999, Colin. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. May 1990. Wow. I was six and not aware of anything that we're probably going to talk about, but that isn't why I changed the habit of my lifetime, Jack. Yeah, May is my birthday month, 24th of May. Put it in your diary. Send me stuff. I'm not going to tell you my address or anything, but um, fuck that. But yes, May, Eurovision Song Contest, is it always in May? Uh, there or thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, so the 35th Eurovision Song Contest happened this May, uh, held in, oh dear, Vatroslav Lysinki Concert Hall in Zagreb, and won by an Italian singer, um, Toto Katongo. Uh, is that what that is? Italy's first victory in the contest since 1964, and he was 46 when he won it, and he held the record for the oldest guy to win it uh, until 2001 when an older person won it. Get into the Eurovision, mate. Uh, I do actually quite enjoy it. Um, I reckon and we, we watch it every year for the spectacle of it, and it's just a bit of a laugh. Usually, you hear 20, 30 songs, and two or three of them are actually quite good. But it's not really about the songs, it's just about the the campness and the nonsense. And it, it's, it's some buzz this year's was a good laugh. Uh, the Italian boy doing lines of gear, sat at the table, 41, and stuff like that. It was good fun. Yeah, I've seen that gif. You sent me that. That's the only. It's only a bit of Eurovision I've watched in years. My pal, Doogie, that you maybe met, I've mentioned him a few times, he used to love it and he used to get people up and stuff like that. And now I think about it, used, used to usually have a barbecue, so the weather must have been decent, so it must be sort of always sort of around about summer, I suppose. Yeah, so Eurovision, uh, if Gary, if you're a subscriber, he's right into it. Gary's Eurovision daft, aye. Eurovision daft. 15th of me, there was a portrait of Dr. Gachet uh, by Vincent van Gogh, which sold for a record, Jack, $82.5 million for a painting. Um, There is levels with this art stuff that I'll never understand. There's just no way that a a painting of anything by anybody is worth $82 million. It's bonkers. The one that really blew my mind was... Like we done an episode about expensive stuff, maybe over on Heart and Hand, but it was a. You seen it's just an American flag. Somebody's yes. an American flag, yeah. and it wasn't even like it's not unique because I think he done a series of American flags, and it just so happened that the seventh one sold for like hundred million fucking pounds, and it's literally a drawing of an American flag I don't know I can't wrap my head around it like art is what people are willing to pay for it I suppose and somebody was fucking daft enough to pay that money <laughs> for a picture of a flag you know so each to their own I suppose day after that mate Ice Cube releases America's Most Wanted but it's America KKK America's 
Kiki Keys most wanted. Um, Yentesquib, I'm not a massive fan. Not overly, to be honest. Um, the whole kind of gangster rap scene that he was involved in, I was more into like your kind of two packs and biggies and stuff. And Naz, Ice Cube kind of never really did it for me. And now with the kind of more modern sort of hip hop stuff that's out there, he's kind of he's yesterday's man, isn't he? Old Ice Cube, he's melting away. Yeah, here we are. Fucking hell, that's bad. The day after my fifth birthday, Universal Pictures that we spoke about a couple of episodes ago, it was their seventy fifth anniversary. They decided to unveil a new logo and music composed by James Horner, who's a pretty famous guy in that sort of field. But it was to debut with the sort of release of Back to the Future Part Three, the worst one of all. Like. It's still good though. Like the worst Back like, to the Future is still right. better than most other films. Um, there's there's something about that franchise that it's it's just it's got massive nostalgia appeals, and it's genuinely good fun. Um, Marty McFly, Doc Emmett Brown, it's it's great stuff. Yeah, like I said, I was recently tried. When I say tried to watch the second one, I did watch it because it was on ITV too, and it just didn't grab me. Like obviously, I'm a middle-aged man now, and it's, I thought I would get that real nostalgia kick, but I kind of got a little bit just bored of it pretty quickly. Maybe because I overwatched it when I was younger. Maybe, possibly. We watched them. Um, we watched the first one back not long ago with Jessica, my daughter, because she'd never seen it, and she loved it, and I loved it all over again, sort of thing. It's, I don't think I think it's one of those films that I'm just never not like. Yeah. Madonna's going to come up quite a lot because obviously she was at the height of her fame. And in Toronto, the police basically said, we're going to arrest you if you do that uh, simulated masturbation stuff during one of your performances uh, for Like a Virgin. Uh, she totally ignored them and just done it anyway. And then the police denied it, not wanting to look like killjoys, but it came out uh, later on in her 1991 documentary, Truth or Dare, they were actually filmed seeing it to her, so their denial was basically binned by proof. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? You need to remember that it's 1990 and it's not 2021 like we are now. It's 30 years ago, so people were slightly more reserved, particularly in America and places like that, and especially in Canada, even more so in America. But at the end of the day, she's on tour, she's singing a song called Like a Virgin, and she's grabbing her vagina a couple of times. I don't think it's that big a deal. But if, depending on where it was in Canada and religious things and all that, sometimes these god people get a bit weird, don't they? They do a little bit, right? We'll just leave you there with the image of Madonna today grabbing her fanny. Blasting through the cobwebs. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to your June premium content, June 1990, Jack. We have made it all the way to June. Yeah, it's getting hotter, like it is as we record this, absolutely boiling. I'm actually sitting here with my top off again. Colin, you must be getting used to this, man. Yeah, I think you should probably start telling the listeners when you're recording with your top on, because that's probably more of a news story at this point. <laughs> um, just drop, drop that into conversation, but yeah, um, I'm I'm seeing your boobs more often than I see my wife's at the moment, so that's that's lovely. That is it. That is it. Yeah. Um, in June, 
a thing that became much bigger by by now times came about CGI Jack uh, was used um, to basically create some CGI characters. One of the first examples of it was in Total Recall. And um, it's funny how we talk about boobs because there's a rather large CGI furred boob in that film, which is probably one of the early famous uses of it. Yeah, it was sort of expanded by using motion capture, basically, which I, I kind of always see the football players wearing those suits with all the balls on them. Yeah, or Andy like, Serkis. Yes, being King Kong or Gollum or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's the kind of king of motion capture, isn't he? He's the one, the one they go to. Yeah, and I don't think... I, I, I don't know. I've not seen Total Recall in a while. I did like it. I don't think the third boob was... I don't think it was CGI, to be honest with you. Surely it was just like a bit of, like a fucking third boob shit that she stuck on. Just a wee Play-Doh boob. Just a Play-Doh uh, boob, basically, yeah. <laughs> Stone Roses. Sorry, we into, Mad- we into Madchester. We spoke about this before. I definitely was not. Um... I'm into that sort of music for sure. I loved Windy stuff and all that, but I've always kind of thought that the Stone Roses were overrated. Um, I think folk that were right into getting mad with it and stuff like that. I've got drunken memories of the Stone Roses rather than musical memories of them. Yeah, like, they performed at Glasgow Green on June the 9th, 1990, and I don't know how they measured this, but it is widely regarded as their best ever gig. Such a subjective term, sounds, man. Sounds, sounds scientific, doesn't it? Yeah, that was the best. I enjoyed that, it. Like, that was the, the best was obviously there. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I was there. It was a great fun. Um, yeah, but I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was a good laugh. 8,000 folk, probably mad way out their nuts, watching the Stone, Stone Roses in the sun in June. I'm sure they would love it. I'm sure they would have been having a great time for sure. Can you imagine that crowd went to see Maria Carey, but... Oh, they fucking love Mariah Carey. Like, um, she released her debut album and topped the charts for 11 weeks. I think the album was called Music Box, uh, Jack. Um, that's not written down here. That's just some knowledge. That's just some shit you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mariah Carey's amazing. She's like, she's she just looks like a kind of porn star Barbie. And she's managed to look like that for 30 years and not change. She's doing something right, like her. She has one of the best Christmas songs as well. Yeah, she's all right, I suppose. She kind of lives this, like, obviously diva lifestyle, but very much, like, praise on it almost. Like, I remember reading about maybe, like, a BBC Radio 1 guy going to interview, and he walked in, and the sort of bouncer guy went, right, you go in there, look down, kind of look her in the eyes, like, as I sort of, like, put on, and then she started saying things like, she bathed in milk and shit like that. Just making stuff up. Just like creating your own myth, basically, I think. Yeah, and just exploiting it and making it a bigger deal because that's her brand, isn't it? Being a diva and stuff. It definitely is, yeah. A couple of days after that, massive media and marketing blitz. A film called Dick Tracy is released. I've never seen this. Walt Disney Studios chairman uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg expressed disappointment um, in a studio memo that noted that the film had cost about $100 million in total to produce, market and promote and made almost fuck all back. Um, We made demands on our time, talent and treasury that upon reflection may not have been worth it. But it wasn't because nobody's fucking seen that film, Dick Tracy. I don't know anybody. I haven't really heard of it, to be honest. I I have seen it. Like it's not great. Probably the, the one thing I'll pull from it is that 
supposedly some of the inspiration for the Apple Watch came from that film because Dick Tracy had a kind of watch communicator that he used and um, supposedly Apple stole some of the idea or the idea of the watch that did that sort of thing originated back in the Dick Tracy books Um, but that's probably the most interesting thing I can say about Dick Tracy and it's not particularly interesting It was not, mate, no Um, However a better film than Dick Tracy though is Robocop Big fan of Robocop. You know, I like things that get shit done. So the idea of like a robot cop that can just do everything, sort it all, I like that. And in June the 22nd, the use of real-time computer graphics or digital puppetry was used to create a character in a motion picture, and that was in Robocop too. I'm not a... I don't really know if I'm a massive fan of Robocop or the whole sort of... Would that sort of fall under... Like cyberpunk or something, you know, sort of this dystopian place where robots are sort of kind of taking over or whatever. It's just really never really tickled my fancy, to be perfectly honest with you. That Blade Runner and stuff, I never really just never got behind it and got into it ever. And I think once you get to a certain age, well, it's scientifically proven, once you get to the age of about 30 odd, new things either just scare you or you're just not into them. You're maybe <laughs> slightly, you, you know, I mean, you're, you're slightly different with the technology stuff, but when it comes to Music, films, and stuff like that. You're, you're kind of stuck back in the day. Yeah, the I, I would agree with that. Um, this music's a big one because I don't really hear any new music unless it's on TikTok. But I got an email two days ago telling me that there's a new album from The Killers coming out next week. And it genuinely made my day because I love The Killers. I had no idea they had a new album coming out. It'll probably be rubbish, but I love The Killers because. <laughs> Because I love the Killers and I've always loved the Killers, and I, I know this album won't be as good as any other stuff, but I'm super excited about it. Um, they've got that fucking one song. No, they've got more than one song. They've got loads of good songs. Well, they've got that one song that you hear at Bowling Club birthday parties. Sure. <laughs> uh, the, that's the see. They've got a one. Mister Brightside's probably their most common well, song, but the one at the bo- no, the one at the Bowling Club you hear all the time is "Are You Human or Are You Dancer." That's the human is the one that always gets played by my own dad's bowling club, and it gets the old ones up on the floor. They love that shit. It's 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 a speech, yeah. Go, boom. Well, we'll just tell your mother that uh, that uh, we ate it all. Wrong term memory has joined forces with Pi Sports at PiSports.com. The pies are absolutely class. I love the Mr. Singh's chicken ambala. That is so tasty. That is a good one. I think my favourite would probably be the macaroni, though. I prefer meeting my pie. That's what she said. <laughs> Deary me. So if I was to pick a second favourite, it would be the steak haggis and peppercorn sauce. It's not a bad choice for any of these pies, truth be told, Jack, because you've got things like the Dirty Mac, the mac and cheese with black pudding, traditional Scotch pie. You've got the Mr. Singh's chicken and bala like we spoke about. And if you like a bit of beef, you've got the beefy bake. The choices are endless. And even if you're trying to lose a couple of pounds like myself and Colin probably could, there is the skinny Scotch, which has got 40% reduced fat. Sounds good. And one of the best things about this company is you don't have to go to the bakers and stand in a queue with people full of germs to get these. You don't have to go to Asda. You don't have to go to Morrison's. You don't have to go to Tesco. Nowhere like that. You go to piesports.com, you select your pies, you put in your address and they deliver them to your house anywhere in central Scotland. It couldn't be easier than that. As a listener, you get special treatment though and you can win a box of pies delivered anywhere in the UK. 
All you've got to do is look out for the hashtag WTMPies on Twitter or use our website wrongtermemory.com and fill in the form there and you could win a box of pies each week on the show. May as well pass to a couple of other Scottish legends. That's magic. Well, what's that? 17 minutes ago, was it? Mm. We're in the house minding my own business, lining my ribs, then boof, we're here on the high street searching for the beefy bake. Oh. That is the power of advertising, Jack Boy. Mm. We are the mere puppets of your marketing bigwigs. Hi everybody and welcome to Long Term Memories bonus content. Quick apology, it's not been coming out on the right days, but that's because of Apple. So we're here with you and we're going to be releasing through until Sunday uh, instead of Tuesday to Friday this week. Colin, how are you? I'm good, bloody Apple, but I am good, yeah. I, I can't believe I've finally found something that Apple aren't just extraordinarily brilliant at. Um, but who'd have thought it? There is, they are, there are something they can't do well and it is organised premium podcast content. Uh, it, but yes. What are we talking about today? Um, usual pop culture stuff, uh, July the 4th. Um, this is where we are now in 1990. The first digitally manipulated matte painting is used in Die Hard 2. You know what a matte painting is when it comes yeah. to film? Is it like just a like a non high tech green screen type thing? Yeah, basically you put like you, you draw like a fucking landscape basically and put it on the camera almost. Right, okay. Yeah, so that was the first digital one used back then. They used to hand draw them back in the day, and even back in the day they looked pretty cool. Um, so that was happening in, in the films, mate. Yeah, <clears throat> Yenti Stenders. Not anymore. Used to love it. Used to bloody love that show, but it's awful now. Yeah, uh, the Tavernier family. I never knew there was a Tavernier family in EastEnders, but they made their debut on July the 5th, back they in 1990. Uh, Celestine and Etta uh, and their children, Clyde, Hattie and Lloyd, all very strange names. Yeah. Perfectly honest with, with old grandfather Jules, the Tavernier family, so they were kicking about EastEnders back then. Never heard of them. I used to like it back in the day when it had like, Nick Owen and stuff in it and the, the Mitchell brothers and you had like... Um, the Jim Brannan married to Dot and he was like an old racist and a bit of a stereotype and stuff. Some of his stuff was quite good. Right. Um, but it's just depressing anytime I've seen it recently. I much prefer Coronation Street. Yeah, I'm not into any soaps to be particularly honest with you. This was obviously World Cup time and the final was played on the July the 8th, but the day before that, the three tenors gave their first concert together in Rome singing some lovely songs um, just as part of the whole World Cup experience back in 1990. Lovely stuff, the Free Terrors. They, 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 they kind of only appeared at World Cups for a while. They used to get rolled out for World Cup finals and singing, didn't they? Yeah, I don't really remember the 1990 World Cup, but looking back, I do sort of... I've got, again, I don't know if it's a real memory or a very sort of fake memory, but just the, the change in the sort of colour of the way it was shot. It was so much col- more colourful than anything else. I don't really remember it at all, no. to be honest. Maybe, no, maybe I'm thinking of USA 94, where it was really colourful, it was different, it was obviously shot differently. I'm getting mixed up, I'm getting mixed up, I'm talking absolute nonsense, ignore me. The final of that World Cup was uh, West Germany, Argentina, and it was just a shit, <coughs> shit game. They say it was probably the lowest quality of all World Cup finals. Germany won 1-0, one eighty-fifth minute penalty, but it was just a poor, poor game of football. Yeah, first red card in the World Cup final as well, for some guy from Argentina, that's what happened. But... A few days after that, Ghost is released, mate. We into Ghost the film. Um, you know what? I wasn't massive into Ghost the film, but I <clears> took Lisa to see Ghost at the cinema. Um, probably two Valentine's days ago. Uh, the Odeon were showing it on Valentine's Day. We went and saw it, and it was quite nice. She loved it, so it was worth it for her. 
much more into arachnophobia. That was out the week after. Yeah, I quite liked that film. It was that was Mortifying. a film that was actually quite scary. Yeah, it was really scary at the time. It would have been the age we were. I probably would have seen it when I was seven or eight. Wouldn't have seen it when I was five, I'd imagine. But yeah, it scared the absolute fucking living bejesus out of me back then. A little bit of music to wrap it up, mate. So what was happening at the end of July? Yeah, July 21st, Roger Walters had numerous guest stage, uh, did a performance of Pink Floyd's The Wall in Germany and Berlin to commemorate the fall of Berlin's Wall eight months earlier. The Scorpions were also there, singing Winds of Change, I would imagine. Cindy Lauper was there. Thomas Dolby, Sinead O'Connor and Brian Adams, also amongst the performers. I'd imagine David Hasselhoff would be there as well, Jack. He'd probably be kicking about, but that'll do us for today. Cheers. Bonus content time with your boy Jack and me, Colin. Rocking well, man. <laughs> Blowing somebody's seat off there. Um, <laughs> All right. How you doing? Yeah, man. Not bad. Not bad. Um, We're here today to talk about August. August, yes. August the 1st. A great day in movie history. Because DuckTales, the movie, Treasure of the Lost Lamp, <laughs> is released. Such <laughs> Into a good that, man. Yeah, I used to love DuckTales. Do yeah, you know, um, DuckTales is out again now as a cartoon, and Scrooge McDuck is voiced by David Tennant. Is he? Right, yeah, okay. It's pretty cool. Um, no, I've not seen it, to be honest with you. Don't watch a lot of cartoons. August the 5th, Madonna ended her controversial Blonde Ambition Tour in Nice, France. Um, the last date was aired live and broadcast on HBO in America, and was later released as a Laserdisc special. Laserdisc um, only? Yeah, I only know about Laserdisc because of The Sopranos. Eh, it's the only place that I've heard anybody speak about the Laserdiscs mm-hmm. is in The Sopranos. Yeah, we spoke about that before, man. Uh, a couple of days after that, uh, August the 13th, Curtis Mayfield, uh, like a soul singer, paralysed from the neck down in an accident at an outdoor concert in Brooklyn after stage lighting basically collapses on top of him and, well, fucks him up real bad, obviously. Um, Curtis Mayfield, very much one of those guys at the forefront of sort of um, like racial equality and stuff like that. So like, he was a good guy, I think, but um, came to a bit of a bit of a sticky accident there, man, with all that shit falling on top of him and breaking yeah. his neck. Yeah. Bad things happen <coughs> to good people. Mm-hmm. Um, later on that one, August the twenty fourth, um, a judge ruled that the heavy metal bands Judas Priest are not responsible for the actions of two Nevada youths who shot themselves, one fatally, after listening to the band's music back in December of eighty five. I'm bloody glad. I'm glad. How could the hell could the Judas Priest fall? Well, this was the satanic panic of the eighties in America, uh, where they thought this was the playing the records backwards stuff. Yeah, and hearing stuff that wasn't there and stuff like that. Idiots. Yeah. And basically, their lawyers went in and played fucking Madonna backwards or something. I mean, look, if you listen carefully, you can hear that. So you're talking nonsense. Um, sort of geese piece, basically. Um, on British telly, the day after that happens, the first series, ever series, of Stars in Their Eyes finishes and is won by Maxine Barry, performing as Shirley Bassey. It's kind of surprising that he's not been neutered, that guy, to be honest with you. Like, he, he, was, he was. He was. He? Oh, fuck. So, well, he wasn't, he wasn't. He, he got neutered and everybody thought he was a pedo. And then it, then he was actually proven to be innocent and he isn't a right. pedo. And he actually went on he went on Frank Skinner's top chat show and spoke about it. And he pulled Frank Skinner up because Frank Skinner had previously made jokes about it. Right. And it was really awkward. Like, he was really 
intense. Old right. Matthew Kelly, aye. Um, but yeah, he, he pulled him up right to his face on the show. It was mad. Um, also that month, August the 27th, guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan was killed in a helicopter crash following a concert at the Alpine Valley Music Theatre in East Troy, Wisconsin. It was only 35, Jack, and further proof that a helicopter is definitely the most dangerous way to travel. Yeah, I'm never ever getting in one, ever, ever. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.